Hello, I'm Sebastian Johnston Lindsay from Arthur Newspaper. And I'm Brett Troop from Peterborough Currents. Arthur and Currents have teamed up for a new podcast series all about the city budget. As city finance staff released Peterborough's draft budget last Monday, it includes almost half a billion dollars in spending, $487 million to be exact. To fund all that spending, property taxes would have to raise by 9.6%, and that would translate to an extra $435 in taxes the median household would have to pay next year if the budget gets passed as is. Over the coming weeks, City Council will go through the budget line by line, and as they do, they will likely be looking for some cost savings. Councillors had indicated earlier this year that they wanted to keep the tax increase between 4.5 and 5.5%, so bets are still on as to what the final amount will be. We've got our copies of the budget in front of us here, all 379 pages of it. <laughs> what would all the money detailed in these pages be spent on? What should it be spent on? Uh, that's what we'll be asking in this podcast series. And, um, you know, we've been throwing a lot of numbers at you here. I can almost see listeners' eyes glazing over out there. So hopefully you're still with us. Speaking of still being with us, Will Pearson, the publisher of Peterborough Currents, is here. I am also here, yeah. <laughs> Will, the other day in the office, you chuckled and said, I love the budget. Why do you love it? I love the municipal budget and especially the process to develop it because to me there's this like interesting disjuncture between the agonizingly boring nature of the meetings that uh, produce the budget and the uh, high stakes um, of the decisions that get made during during that week. Um, I find it kind of exhausting to engage during budget week because these meetings often go on for four or five hours for multiple nights um, in a row. Um, and so that's exhausting, but it's just, it's also fun. And I think it's a really interesting window into how the city works. Uh, you learn a lot about what the city does um, in the budget process and how it does it. Um, so yeah, I, I just, I always learn something about the city and, and that's why I like it. So we've all had a few days to, you know, control F the budget, go over it. So let's get some not so hot takes on what's in these pages. Uh, Will, what stands out for you? Well, the first thing I did when I looked at the budget um, and saw that it was the, the draft budget is proposing this 9.6% tax increase was I tried to figure out, okay, what's, what's really driving that? And what really jumps out to me is the police budget. Um, the police are asking for a 15.3% increase to their uh, budget this year, and when you fact, and that accounts for almost a quarter of the property tax increase that's being proposed for um, for this year. So you mentioned that um, if the budget is passed as is, the median household will be expected to pay about $430 more in property taxes in 2024 than 2023. More than $100 of that is going to go to the, the police to help satisfy the police's um, increased budget ask for this year. Um, and then the other thing I looked for, and I, I look for this every year when, when the budget comes out, is uh, whether there's any capital spending being proposed on the Crawford Trail. This is a trail that, if it was completed, uh, would connect Lansdowne Street to downtown. Um, a couple of years ago, the city got some money to build two blocks of it, but then they didn't keep building the rest of it. And so these, there's this like isolated two blocks of trail. Those two blocks are beautiful, um, but I think it would be really good for the city, uh, the city's transportation network if we could just finish that. Um, but every budget, there's a little note that says that due to fiscal constraints, this project is being pushed 
further into the future again. And uh, yeah, it, they just never seem to, to find the money for it. And that's true in this budget too. There's no money for that trail uh, set aside. Those are the two things that I looked for when I first opened it up, but uh, I'm looking forward to diving into to get into it more over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, and I think more or less along the same line to pick up on some of the things that you that you were saying there, Will. Um, for me, the big thing is, of course, the police budget, but then also what's not included in the budget. There's a whole section here which where in staff kind of go through uh, different requests or recommendations that they would like to be able to fill, but we're not able to include in the budget. However, on the other side of that, we have this massive increase to police funding, whereas you know things like social service workers... Um, uh, and providers within the city to deliver services like Ontario Works and um, early childhood um, care clinics and things like that are not being recommended by staff, but are being recommended as almost like a wish list that they wish they could have included, but cannot within the constraints set by council and taking into consideration the massive ask of, of the police. So I'm obsessed with cycling, act, active transportation. So those were the first things I looked up in the budget. And I saw there's $1.5 million for cycling infrastructure and new sidewalk construction. There's a plan for a new multi-use trail from Del Crary Park to Little Lake Cemetery. There's a little bit of money to get that started next year. There's also money for safety improvements for the spot where the Rotary Trail crosses Hunter Street in East City. There's some funding to resurface trails. And there's $500,000 for new sidewalk construction. So I think this is important. You know, the city wants people to drive less as a way to reduce car emissions and tackle climate change. But if people are going to leave their cars at home and walk to work or to go shopping, you know, they need to have sidewalks. But there are many streets in the city that are missing this basic piece of infrastructure. Uh, The transportation master plan calls for an aggressive investment in sidewalks. I don't think anyone would call $500,000 particularly aggressive. But I think this speaks to a bigger theme, which is that there seems to be a mismatch between the city's stated ambitions and its financial means. I mean, the last city council declared a climate emergency in 2019. You know, that's like a pretty strong statement. But I don't think we're seeing the urgency of that declaration reflected in city spending. And this gets at something you and I have been talking about lately and wanted to look at in this episode. We've been asking, why does the city seem unable to take more ambitious action on the big issues of our time, like climate change and the housing crisis? Yeah, it's not to say that City Hall is doing nothing on these issues. That's definitely not the case. But there is a sense that the city's efforts are being held back by financial constraints. So we wanted to understand this more. You know, what are the financial constraints cities like Peterborough are under and what can be done about it? So I called up a retired economist from Trent University Harry Kitchen. He is an expert in municipal finance, a field that he knows is pretty boring to most people. And the first thing you should know about Professor Kitchen is Kitchen is he's sort of a defender of property taxes. He told us taxes are the price you pay to live in a nice country or a nice city in this case. And uh, Professor Kitchen also plays golf, though pretty badly, he said. And every year when his golf buddies get their property tax bill in the mail, uh, he hears all about it. Every friggin' year, they complain about their property tax, and they know exactly what they're paying. I said, how much do you pay in provincial income tax? Oh, I don't know. Well, I never look at it. What do you pay in federal? Oh, I don't know. I never look at it. What do you think you pay in sales tax? Why, why would I know? I said, there you go. You don't even know what you're paying in those taxes. And when you look at the services that you're using, you're bitching about the tax, 
that's the lowest of all the taxes you pay, and you're getting the most services for that tax. Well, think about it. Well, then they start saying, well, I never thought about that. Hmm. But one of the reasons is they get in their car and they drive down the street and they think it's a free good. Oh, why should I have to pay for this? I'm going to pay for this. It's free good. Phone the police. It's free good. They show up. Hmm. Phone the fire department. They show up. Hey, that's a free good. They never think about having to pay for these things. So the property tax is an easy tax to bitch about, as Kitchen says, but he says, you know, consider all the services you get for that money, plowing roads and sidewalks, collecting garbage and recycling, sewage treatment, transit, fire services, police, paramedics. You know, that's just a few. The list goes on. So Professor Kitchen points out that property taxes pay for all of these services, like plowing roads and sewage treatments, uh, which are all the, the traditional domain of municipalities. But then, as he talks about, cities like Peterborough are also trying to tackle these these newer challenges, like climate change and the housing crisis. So why are cities struggling to come up with the money to confront these challenges? When it comes to housing in particular, you know, it was not something that cities actually had to pay for in the past. Social housing used to be provided by the province. But in 2000, the Mike Harris government downloaded responsibility for running public housing agencies onto municipalities. So as a result today, Peterborough manages 2,000 social housing units here in the city and in the county. And most of them are through the Peterborough Housing Corporation. And Professor Kitchen says the decision more than two decades ago to make cities responsible for social housing is still putting strain on municipal budgets today. I mean, most of us, I think, would argue that social housing is something that municipalities shouldn't be responsible for. It should be from either federal or provincial governments. Uh, but the reality is that the feds or provinces aren't given enough money for housing problems, and, and cities have had to pick up the slack on the social housing. And I think municipal politicians are doing the right thing by saying, look, we have to do something about this, in which case those of us who are paying property taxes, you know, are going to have to pony up and pay some property taxes that will go into funding social housing. So Peterborough's draft budget calls for, for the city itself to spend $6.4 million in housing and homelessness next year. There's some funding from the province as well, but that's like the city's portion. And that's a lot of money for a city the size of Peterborough. And, you know, some would say that that's a bill the province should be footing more of. Um, but Professor Kitchen says, if you think the Ford government will take back responsibility for social housing, keep holding your breath. You know, Ford's not likely to reverse this, this decision by Harris, who was Ford's predecessor as the PC party leader. Okay, so some people want the city to do more to tackle the housing crisis. But there's this other line of thinking that says, actually, this shouldn't be the city's responsibility at all. It should be up to the province. So are there other services that the, that the provincial government passed on to cities and said, here, you deal with this. Like, why don't you pay for it? So, I mean, I was in elementary school when the PC governments of Mike Harris and Ernie Eves were in power in the late 90s and early 2000s. So I can't really tell you much, like everything that they downloaded onto municipalities. But um, there's one other big item in Peterborough's budget that stands out. Every year, Peterborough has to pony up millions for social assistance, Ontario Works. It's a provincial program, like the name is Ontario Works. But the city is partly responsible for administering the program locally. Um, the cost for Peterborough taxpayers is, is expected to come in at $4.3 million next year. So again, many, many would say, wait a minute, the province has way more money, way more taxing power than the city, and the city already has this long list of other services it has to deliver, like firefighting, running the library, all these things we mentioned. So why is the municipality helping this much richer, 
upper level of government deliver one of its services. Yeah. And I mean, this gets back to a point I was initially making about like the allocation of the of the city's money. And you've described a couple big examples where provincial decisions two decades ago are really straining Peterborough's budget. And the city doesn't really have a say in those decisions. But is there anything the city can actually do to raise more money if it wants to make the progress on pressing issues like, again, say, climate change or the housing crisis? Well, city council could always raise property taxes even higher. That's the option the city has the most control over. But there's talk in other cities like Toronto of finding new revenue streams for cities. And what would that look like? So, I mean, Toronto is facing a $1.5 billion deficit. Um, It's in like really big financial trouble. Premier Doug Ford has agreed that it's a big deal. It's a problem. And he agreed to work with Mayor Olivia Chow to find a solution to the city's budget woes. And those talks are still ongoing. But one thing that the city has proposed is a municipal sales tax. It's something that some cities in the U.S. have. And Professor Kitchen has looked into the idea. So the idea is that like every time you go buy a bag of milk or a new laptop or whatever it is, the city would collect some tax on that sale and that would flow into the city's coffers to pay for things like transit and fire services and whatnot. Another idea is a municipal income tax, which again, Professor Kitchen has also looked into. So we already pay income taxes to the federal government and the provincial governments, and they take a portion of everyone's paychecks. And I'm guessing a municipal income tax would allow cities to also skim a bit of money off people's paychecks to go towards the city. But something tells me that's going to be a little bit of a tough sell. Yeah, I mean, that's how it would work in a nutshell. And no doubt it would be contentious. But Professor Kitchen says the tax wouldn't have to be big to be effective. I did some estimates on this at one time. And, you know, a very, very small sort of 1% surtax on the provincial income tax could generate a lot of revenue for a lot of cities. Income taxes are paid by richer people. Property taxes are sometimes paid by people who are asset rich and cash poor. You know, a lot of seniors live in homes. Now, prices have gone up. Property values have gone up. Their assessment has gone up a lot, but their income hasn't gone up. And these are people who, uh, I'm not suggesting, they're not poor in the grand scheme of things because they could always sell their house, I suppose, and they've got revenue. However, you really want to force them to do that. So he's saying it would be more equitable to tax people's income to help pay for cities to do all the, the you know extra things they need to do to adapt to climate change and all that, rather than continually hiking up property taxes. So I guess the question really is, would either a municipal sales tax or a municipal income tax work in Peterborough? The short answer is no, according to Kitchen. He, he says Peterborough is too small for either of those taxes to work here. One of the concerns, if you give a city the opportunity to have a a tax, let's say if it was some kind of sales tax or if it was even a, a surtax on the income tax. If you're a small city, it can cause what we call cross-border problems. It might drive people either to shop outside the boundaries or to live outside the boundaries to avoid that tax. The city of Toronto, it, it, and the general argument is if you're going to give these cities uh, an opportunity for new tax, it should be in as large a geographical area as possible. The GTA, which is large enough. It's too large for people to be bothered driving out to try and save five cents on something or other and uh, um, or to, yeah, to get about 1% off their income tax when they probably have to commute into the trial to work. Okay, so new taxes are not a realistic option for Peterborough, it sounds like. But what else could we do to improve the city's financial situation? Uh, well, Kitchen thinks that there's at least a chance that Toronto's financial woes could end up helping Peterborough. He expects Mayor Chow and her officials will likely push the Ford government to share a portion of the HST with Toronto 
And if that happens, other cities would no doubt pile on and demand the same. So the HST is 13% right now, 8% goes to the province and 5% goes to the federal government. So even if the province gave 1% of that to municipalities, it would go a long way to helping cities like Peterborough tackle the challenges they're facing. So it sounds like there's a few things to take away from this discussion. The city is strapped for cash and lacks options for increasing revenue. So they're leaning on the only tool they have, which is to increase the property tax rate. And so the 9.59 or 9.6% increase kind of begins to make sense, especially after years of the rate increase being so low amid really high inflation rates. So things are getting more expensive and cities aren't exempt from that. But that's going to be really hard on people too, I imagine. Yeah, and especially for, like, if you think of maybe seniors who live on a fixed income, um, I think that the the thing about the property taxes is is that it's not connected to how much money you are necessarily making um, the way income taxes, right? And so for people who have maybe lived in their home for a long time and then live on a fixed income now, it's, yeah, it it can be hard to pay. Um, I I don't own property, I rent, but I know that part of my part of the rent I pay goes towards the property taxes that my landlord pays, um, and that those property tax bills are factored in when my landlord sets my rent. Right? Um, I live in a rent controlled um, unit, so it's not like my rent can increase that much. But I do I fully expect my landlord to increase the rent at the next opportunity that he has, which is which is in a few months um, to kind of make up for this. Um, so everyone's gonna um, have to have to pay this money, but yeah, I, I can't help but land on the same page as Kitchen. In like, I believe in taxes. I believe in government, um, and so I don't necessarily like begrudge begrudge paying taxes. Yeah, like I mean, Kitchen was talking to us about how there are consequences to not raising the property tax too, and I mean that's partly why Toronto is in a difficult financial position right now not only that i mean the city would also say it's because of provincial downloading but also the fact that uh john terry froze income tax uh, levels for for a few years when he was mayor and you know we are facing all these challenges we do need all these services from the city and someone has to pay for them yeah and i think it's important to to note just as we're, we're leaving people here that uh that there's a whole democratic process that's about to unfold in front of us over the next couple of weeks and uh, we're going to be with you every step of the way so if you have any any questions or or queries about this uh, feel free to to write to us but we're going to be covering the process as as we said off the top very very closely and we'll be we'll be back with more uh coverage of 2024 peterborough budget week yeah i would love to hear people's questions about the budget if you have questions about how it all works or anything just please send it to us and we'll try to answer it in the next next episodes Anyway, so yeah, thanks. Okay, talk to you next time. Thanks for listening.